0: Everyone, it's great to see you here this morning. Get up this morning and come out in the cool, refreshing, and be excited to be here together this morning. It's great, glad to have all of you here. If you're visiting with us, we want you to know you have a special welcome to come and be with us. We appreciate you being here today, and if we can help you in a way, then let us know. We always enjoy having visitors. This morning, uh, song leading will be Brother Jordan Coates. Opening prayer will be by Adam Carlson. Scripture reading by Drew Bruce. Brother Ken bringing our lesson. Jerry Barrett will be in charge of our Lord's Supper. Brother Guy Gardner will do the announcements at the end and closing prayer. Uh, if the friendship register has not been passed down your pew, please do that. Please make an effort to sign that for us so we can have a record of your attendance, especially if you're visiting with us, please include your address, phone number on that as it comes down your pew. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for the day that you blessed us with. We're so thankful for the opportunity and the privilege we have of. Assembling together as your people this morning for worship We're so thankful for each one is here We pray for those who were not able to be here Hindered for some reason, particularly if they're sick We pray for them And Father, we pray that you would be with each one That's participating here today in this worship service Particularly we pray for Brother Ken as he brings the word to us We pray that we'll be very attentive and that we can grow spiritually and learn things that we can apply as we leave. Father, we're so thankful for the congregation we're here, we have here, and we're thankful for all the blessings that that we receive from you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Morning.
2: First song this morning
1: will be I Walk with the King. <clears throat> I, walk with the
3: king I Walk with the King to the, heavenly heavenly land. Land. the kingdom of
4: before you at this time we are grateful for this great privilege of being able to assemble here this day as your people to worship and to praise you and to study and examine your written revealed word we thank you for all that are present here we ask you to be with those that are not whatever their circumstances may be and that they may return to us as it is according unto your will. We know that there are many among us that are struggling in various ways with various health related concerns. We pray that you will comfort and strengthen them, their caregivers and any and all who are overseeing their medical care and that they will receive the treatment and the care that they need. We thank you for our elders and for all the work that they do as they oversee the local church. We pray that they will be strengthened and comforted as they carry on the work and that they will maintain the faith and the ability to do the things that they need to do. We ask you to be with Ken as he prepares to come and expound upon your word and may we as we receive it listen attentively and that we will apply those things to our lives and may we as we have opportunity to be able to use them in some way in which to help others. We ask you to be with any and all who are in various positions of authority within government. We pray that they will turn to you and that they will seek your will in all things and govern according to the standards of your word and that they will use their power for good rather than for evil. We ask you to watch over us, to be with us and always care for us in all things and may your will always be done and for this we ask and in Christ's name Amen
2: Song of encouragement after the lesson this morning will be I am mine no more <clears throat> Before the lesson this morning there were a few different songs I thought were fitting uh, I wanted to didn't want to have to narrow it down to one so I'll do a a few different songs about working. <clears throat> oh, land rest for thee.
1: Matthew 18, 10 through 14. Matthew chapter 18, verses 10 through 14. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Version. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that their angels in heaven and continually see the, the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man who has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them is gone astray, did he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go search for the one that is straying? If it turns out that he finds it, truly, I say to you, he rejoices over the it more than one over the 99, which is gone, has not gone astray. So is it not that the will of your Father, who is in heaven, that one of these little ones perish?
5: Good morning, everybody. Do you have a good week? Three of you had a great week, I take it. The rest of you are worn out and I heard so many of you talking about getting after that yard and working in your gardens and how sore you are now. So maybe that's it. And we just, you know, we just we finished you off with those last three songs, didn't we? All that working in the vineyard and toiling, and wow, we are tired. You want to take a moment? Just uh, oh, take a breath. We have really done it this week. Hmm. Well, I appreciate the vigor that you have and the desire that you have to get things done. That's what I want to tap today. I want to share with you the importance of our mission, and in particular, just our mission itself, what that is. I wanna remind you, next week we have a special event. It's gonna be family-oriented. We're gonna talk about the dangers that our families are facing. Please make every effort that you can to be here both on Saturday for sessions, and you begin registration around nine o'clock, and then also on Sunday. We have a special speaker, Sam Jones, who's coming, who's well qualified to deal with this myriad of subjects. And we have invited our entire community to be here. So we're hoping that this building is to the rafters, packed with people, with the intent of blessing our community. That's part of our mission. Another aspect of next week is it's Mission Sunday. So today I'm going to share with you our mission with an eye toward what we're going to do next week. Next week, we are going to amaze and stupefy our elders because we are going to contribute to such a degree that our mission program is just going to burst at the seams. Yes! Can you hardly wait? Oh, I cannot wait. You know that image that you have of Jesus taking so little and making so much with it that they had 12 baskets full left over? That's what we're looking at next Sunday. Oh, I can hardly wait. But today, I plan to prime that, to get our minds thinking in that direction so that all week we are going to think about it and when Sunday comes, we are just going to be fulfilled with the satisfaction of the desire of our hearts throughout the week. Did you ever have something your parents told you you're gonna do. When I was a little kid, it was, we're going to Carol Carrollwinds was an amusement park about an hour away from my house. And back in those days, we didn't even hardly ever travel out of our county. So to drive for an hour seemed like all day long. So within that picture, it took all day to get to Carol Wins and then spend the day on the rides and come back exhausted. But all week long, I thought about it. I would dream about it. All we talked about was going to Carowinds. And then when it finally happened, oh joy, that's what we're going to do. We're going to think about missions all week. We're going to have the buildings filled on Saturday and Sunday to the gills. And we are going to give like we've never given before. Yes, yes, yes. Can't wait. Let's pray that God will bless us as we are priming ourselves today, getting ready and thinking about this incredible mission that the Lord has placed upon each one of his children. And then we will embark upon, I hope, what is a meaningful and helpful study from God's word. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful for Today, we're thankful that we could assemble here and to participate in this time of worship where our hearts have soared in adoration of you to your, to your name's glory. We pray, Father, that you will bless us now as we look into your word. Help it, Lord, to be alive in us. Help it to ignite something in us Help us, Lord, to be focused on our mission and to have it at the forefront of our lives, that everything we do will revolve around that. And whatever aspect of your work in the kingdom that we are personally involved in, I pray, Lord, that you will give us a sense of the big picture of what you've called us to do so that we'll not just think that there's one or two things that your kingdom's involved in, but that we will see the the length and the height and the depth of it. Help me, Lord, to communicate that and to be with those who hear it, that they'll be compassionate about this mission of theirs and that we will truly accomplish something great in your name. And it's in Jesus' name that we are praying this prayer. Amen. Matthew 18, this section here might be pretty familiar to you. You probably notice what preceded the text when Jesus called these little children to him. And he made the point that those children represented the very best, what the kingdom of God had to offer. And then it was along with that analogy, the children to the disciples, that Jesus gave what we just read together, the little ones. In verse six of our text, we find out that the little ones are actually those who believed in Jesus. So he's moved on from the picture of the little children who've come to him in their innocence. And he is now making application of what that represented to those who have become disciples of his, the the little ones, and of how important it was for those who were more mature, who were more developed in the faith, to be certain that they took notice of those who were the little ones, and not to do anything to create a stumbling block. In fact, Jesus says in verse 11, that the Son of Man came to save that which was lost. In fact, the emphasis is so great in this that he goes so far as to make the point with the parable that he expresses that God isn't just concerned with the mass of believers. God doesn't say, well, it looks like this building's nearly full, so I'm happy. You know, as long as I get 80% of my sheep together, we're good. No, in this picture, God is not satisfied even when there is one who has gone astray. And what I like about what Jesus has to say here is that he is so concerned about the one that in effect, he values the one as much as he values the 99. In fact, it goes so far as to say he's carrying at this moment more about the one that 's going astray than the 99 who don 't even need repentance. I think that comes down to this: every single one of god 's children, every single one of his sheep, is important to him. every single one of them, not just one who's especially skilled in this area or, or one who really stands out in this other area. Not that. God has the greatest emphasis, all of his emphasis, all of his energy, all of his attention on every single one. That is, everyone is special to the Lord. It isn't just your association with somebody who's special. You are special. You are important to God. So important that if you go astray, if something happens to you, God is going to use every resource at his disposal in order to see that you come back. God is interested in every single one of his children. So much so, and we hear this a lot, but don't miss it, that Jesus, even if it were for one sinner, would have died on that cross. And I'll just be honest with you, from my perspective as much as I want everybody else to be saved, and I do. You know, I want myself to be saved. I came to the kingdom kind of selfishly, didn't you? I was concerned about my soul. And now that my soul is in a saved condition, I should have the same passion, the same love, the same consideration for other sheep that God has. So if every single sheep, no matter how skilled or how seemingly important to the rest of the body, no matter who that person is, great or small, I should have the same passion, the same concern, the same interest in every single individual. Everybody ought to be important to me as they are to God. And Lord help us that we would never put a stumbling block in front of one of those little ones. Our mission, that's what I'm referring to this as, our mission, that's our launching phrase. A mission is the charge that someone has given you. They have given you a command or a responsibility It's yours, and you are expected to fulfill it. Now, every one of us individually, as special as we are to the Lord, one of the components of our speciality is that we each are participating in one aspect or another of the mission that God has given all of his children. Generally, there are some things that we can say, but I'm going to tell you, specifically, every single one of us, ought to be plugged into some aspect of the mission that God has given his church to do. Now, let's think about the church for a minute. This corporate body, all of us together, literally from the Greek, it is the called out. I see that on the day of Pentecost when literally those who were saved were called out of the Jewish body, in effect, by the presentation of the gospel. And so on that day, when they were convicted of having crucified their own Messiah, they asked the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? And the answer was given right there on the spot. Verse 38 of Acts chapter two, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is to you and to your children, those who are far off as many as the Lord our God shall call. But it didn't stop there, it continued mouth to mouth, house to house, one region of the world and to another. In fact, that was the plan. Acts chapter one and verse eight, to begin in Jerusalem, spread to Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And here are those people called out now, not just as it was on the day of Pentecost, singly the Jews being called out of Judaism and having crucified their Christ into the body of Christ through obedience to the gospel but now something very specialized as Peter would describe it in 1st Peter chapter two, verses nine and 10, that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Proclaimers of the saving truth of the gospel. We've been called out of a world of sin and darkness into salvation, In fact, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, those who were saved, the Bible says, were added to the church by the Lord. The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Saved. Salvation resulted in being added to the church. Being added to the church meant that you were different from the rest of the world, called out of the world. Not a people, but now a people. You had no mercy. You were under the condemnation of God. Now you've obtained mercy. You were nobody. But as I pointed out just a moment ago, you may have been a mass of sinners, but now individually and corporately as the tr- as the church you are special to god you are important to god in fact so important that the bible actually describes this relationship as as a marriage between christ and his church ephesians chapter 5 beginning verse 22 wives Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as themselves. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are all members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and his church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let, his, let the wife see that she respects her husband. That's the relationship of Christ and the church. The church loves Jesus. The church respects Jesus. Why? Because he gave his own life for us. He shed his blood. You say, well, he did it for the church. Yes, but who's in the church? You obeyed the gospel, and the Lord added you. You, that blood washed sinner. You've now had that sin washed away. And the Lord has added you to what He considers His perfect bride. He did that for you. So, by virtue of the fact that He's he's done all this for us, He's made all these things possible. We should launch into our mission. You say, I'm afraid. <laughs> you know, I'm scared. We had a, a door knocking yesterday to advertise our efforts in the community. And here's, you know, I, I, kind of like Carolyn's thing, when I, when I thought about our door knocking, I thought about the room full of people and getting their assignments and this going out here and we're going to knock every door in this community. And what I got here, uh, we ultimately had six people on the ground to cover all of Boonville to invite them to come. That kind of broke my heart a little bit. But you know what? we go forward, don't we? We move forward because it's our mission to do. Now, I, I, hey, peace, I know. You've got that thing you had to do. Hey, I, I, peace, fine. But I'm just saying, we have a mission to do. And when we have an opportunity to put the boots on the ground and to canvas our people and to see to it that the opportunity of those who are our focus. I mean, this is, this is our work right here, that we're gonna do whatever it takes to get it done. You say, well, can I, you know what, I'll just be frank with you. I, that, that just kind of terrifies me, going and cold knocking on a door and so forth. Uh, first of all, let me lay aside your fears. More often than not, people come to the door smiling after they find out you're not the police. And they invite you to come in and say, hey, you know, what's going on in that church? Oh, yeah, I want to come. Now, will they come? I don't know. But I know that there is goodwill. And you know what? We have been planted, listen to me now, in the city of hospitality, so people just feel a sense of responsibility to let you say whatever it is you want to say. They just, they just have this goodwill about them. So you say, I'm afraid. Listen, there's no reason to ever be afraid, whether that's the door knocking or whatever, whatever. And it's for this reason. When Jesus died, Jesus put to death The enmity. When Jesus rose from the grave, and we believe in that. When Jesus rose from the grave, he defeated death. And so here's what he said to the Corinthian church. To the Corinthian church, in the midst of a community, a city that that had very little love for the things of God... self-centered, very much about making money and trade. But in the midst of that city, that community where the church is dwelling, Paul says, I remind you, the Lord has defeated death and so... 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58, what you should do is be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor will not be in vain in the Lord. I know that whatever it is that I do in the Lord's name is going to be a success, whether that's with six or eight people or a thousand people, or whether it is that I'm the only one that goes out there, I am going to have success. So I ask us just at the very beginning of this, why wouldn't I do it if I'm guaranteed success? I would do it, right? Just can't nod, nod your head this way, so I know you're out there. Yeah, I would do it because I know I will have success, whatever it is that the Lord has called me to do. Well, one thing I'm gonna say in terms of our mission, our mission is to seek the straying, that's what we are going to do. We are going to set our mind on this mission, this charge that God has given us to go out there seeking, searching, looking around for those who have strayed. Let's back up for a minute. What's the problem? Well, people need to be saved. I mean, that's, that's it. Oh, it back up from that. Well, saved? Why do they need to be saved? Because everybody without Jesus, let me say that again so we don't miss it. Everybody who is without Jesus is lost. They're lost because they're still in their sin. In Ephesians chapter two, verse one, you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Oh, take a deep breath. I was dead, but now through Jesus, I am alive. That's great. Saved. Romans 3.23, that's one we often quote. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Next, being justified freely by the grace of Jesus Christ. Okay, now wait a minute. Sin causes me to be lost, but being in Jesus Christ means life. I go from death to life. That's what Peter said. Or Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. It's all over the place. We could just go practically page to page through the scriptures and find even the direct statement or some allusion to the fact that Jesus has saved us from our sins. Okay, so I'm saved. Good news. Great. That's true, but remember that we said God Loves us so much, and He loves every individual. Therefore, since I've been saved and I've come into the church, then my goal should be the same goal that God had. Now, I saw that the Son of Man came to save that which was lost. That ought to be my concern. My concern ought to be to see the salvation of souls. I want to seek those who have strayed, those who have gone away, those who are in a lost condition. Now, who would be involved in that? Who? I'll tell you. That would be you. That would be me. That'd be all of us together. We're all in that. We all have the opportunity, and whether you realize it or not, probably the occasion. It's it's always before us in some form or another. Maybe we pre- push back against it because of what we talked about in a moment, our fear or something else. But th- there's always, there's always some, some opportunity right there in front of us. I-, I was thinking about what we tend to do here and all the opportunities there are for seeking those who are straying. One way is right here, what, what I'm trying to do. Uh, sometimes if you come in early, you'll see me in my office before services. I'm, I'm not necessarily there cramming for my sermon. I promise you, I've studied it already. What I'm doing is I'm praying that the Lord will use me today in order to accomplish his will as pertains to this sermon or the charge or the opportunity, the encouragement that I'm laying in front of you. Why would I do that? Because what we're trying to do here in this is to seek out those who are straying. It doesn't have to happen from the pulpit. You know as well as I do, and maybe it happened with you. Someone could just sit down across the table from you with their open Bible and even stumble through the scriptures in order to share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. That happens more than you know. The opportunity to hear the gospel for the first time. To be the presenter of that message and to see the lights go on in a soul that was lost is, it's such a beautiful thing to behold. Maybe maybe it's not that. Maybe it's a Bible correspondence course. Maryland and Martha and Sue, they send out these Bible correspondence courses hundreds at a time. They have Bible studies going on a lot. Some of you probably help grade those Bible correspondence courses. Those are dealing with folks we might not be able to go see, but we still want to share the gospel with them. And this is an opportunity to do it. Why not take advantage of it? We now have been given opportunity to go into the jails again. And Jim and JT are going at least once a month. We've already had two baptisms as a result of some of that work. Opportunities. Somebody has to step in there and take advantage of that. Who gave it? God did. Who's on the mission? We are. You, me, all of us. Somebody's got to step in there and take action. It happens continually as we watch the masses on Wednesday night fall into that annex over there, a college ministry. Oh, they get a good meal and they get good fellowship. But here's one thing that makes me weepy a lot of times when I think about it. Without fail, every single time those folks many of them unchurched, gathered together, they are guaranteed to hear about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how that translates into their salvation in obedience to the gospel. You can't put a value on that because there is no one value you can place even on one soul that is impacted. We are planting seeds through the presentation of the gospel that way. You know, yesterday we did the door knocking for the very express purpose of encouraging people to come either today or next weekend because we have a special message for them to hear. Boots on the ground, let's spread the word. We had people out there at the art show. Marilyn, in particular, had her table set up with a tent, handing out her SOS bag, save one soul, and advertisements to come and be a part of what's happening here. If somebody doesn't step out there, guess what? Nothing will be done. Here's an opportunity. Who will do it? Somebody throws their hand up, they become the volunteer. Yes! Let's get that gospel out there. Last week, I said, hey you know what, I usually every few months have an opportunity to speak on Zoom to South Africa. (laughs) Usually I do that by myself. I sit over there in my office, I run out of here, go get hooked up, set it up, go through the service. It was suggested, hey, what about we use some other folks? So last Sunday I said, who would like to help with that? Before I even got to the back, People are already saying, hey, sign me up. Hey, well, have you got this covered yet? Have you got this? Who wants it? I'm not even preaching to South Africa today. Jonathan Farr is. And all of these others who are helping in the process of it, that is the involvement of members who say, here's an opportunity, and you know what? I want that. I want to do it. And so we talk about missions. Yeah, that is a mission, a world mission act. Because not only will we be talking to South Africa, there will be people from Ireland on there, from New Zealand, Australia, Malawi, Zimbabwe, all over the world. But you and I, we have already dug deep into some mission works. So much of our mission work is cyclical it goes every year that that we have that in the budget but you remember last year when i came to you i said hey you know what we have budgeted items we have them some things that are fixed that are going great but here are some things we would love to do and i listed some of those things and i begged you please let's just fund these things In my mind, you know, they're not a part of the fixed budget. This is just your goodwill. So if you will contribute it, then I'm certain that the mission team is going to get together. And what did we do? We spent every single dime that was contributed. In fact, we spent more than have been contributed because we just get excited about mission work. And so this year, interesting thing. So I was at a preacher's meeting the other day and Don Robeson came up. He's he's a fellow who benefited from that contribution last year. We give him $1,000 every month in his mission work. That's $12,000 a year directly out of that contribution last year in May. And so he comes in and says, hey, you know, I signed up there for the year. I'm, you know, wondering, y'all going to do that for next year? Let me tell you something about the work he does. It is 21st century world missions. They are in support of and staffing works that happen in over 21 countries across the world. It would be literally true, as I've heard said of other churches, but I know it's true about us, that the sun never sets on the mission work of the Boonville Church of Christ. But what's great about the church here is that we know everything that's going on. We are, have a very hands-on approach to mission work. So I guess I would be right there with Don. Are we going to support him for another year? Are we going to find it within ourselves to get that money so that we can add it for another year? Tonight, after the Lad's to Leaders thing, we're having Ronnie Goodham come here. He's going to share with us the incredible work that's being done in India Guess what? He was also a part of that contribution from last year. And the next question will be, hey, would you like to contribute that work? You know what I want to say? Every time they ask me, I will say, you know what? That Booneville Church of Christ, we just love the work that you're doing. And absolutely, I don't even know what the contribution is going to be next week, but I just want to tell them yes. And hey, why don't we just help you more with the work? What about Terry Smith? Terry Smith's got a full-time job at Strickland, but he's also working with the Uganda work. Remember that I posed at the end of last year? They want to start a full-time school over there. Boonville could be the primary supporter. It only starts with $5,000. What is $5,000 to the God of the universe? I'll tell you, it's only a drop in the bucket because he owns everything. It's just that, it's just that. He put it in your pockets. And so for him to get that here, he's gonna need for you to be fired up about supporting these mission works. And we could just go on and on and on with the opportunities. And I would just say this to you, as I said last year, you contribute it and we're not putting it in a CD in the bank. We're gonna spend that money and, you know, forgive me, elders, but maybe even more because we love mission work. Well, that's one mission that we have to seek those who are straying. Another thing is just to strengthen the saved. <laughs> you know, I've, I, I've been in this church. You've, some of you have been in this church. Maybe your parents were members of this church. This is all you have known But you can't be expected always just to be that rock. There are times when you need encouragement. And I love how the scriptures emphasize the importance of us looking out for one another. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why are you who you are? Well, one is you're specially equipped to do a certain work as part of the mission that we do. Another thing is God needs you specifically as an encouragement and a builder up of somebody else. There are members in this congregation. I'll not name you because I'm sure it would embarrass you. But I consider to be just the most incredible encouragers. Now, they may encourage everybody, but I only know about me. I've got a lot of cards, notes that I save that I like to just take out once in a while and read, because of the encouraging words that have been heard. Wouldn't that be great for all of us? Just find somebody to encourage. Just just build them up. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 is not just a text that is to encourage us to get back to church services. I mean, it's it's bigger than that. Listen to it. Let us consider one another. Why? In order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, as you see the day approaching, if I knew that I could get my batteries charged every time I got together with the family of God, I'd be there. Okay, well, maybe you've noticed. That's where I am. I'm here not because they pay me to be here. I'm here because I get my batteries charged. Ken, you're the preacher. You always have your batteries fully charged. Wrong, 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 wrong. Ask any of these guys who have been preachers. They'll tell you, many of them, why they're not preaching now. (laughs) It can be a hugely discouraging, heavy burden, but it can also be the experience that Moses had, getting those arms lifted up, encouraged, Lord, help us. When we build one another up, that's what happens. And do you take advantage of all the opportunities? I'm not just talking about fellowship meals. We love to eat, don't we? We do. Even the early church, Talks about getting together and eating and sharing and all that. Yeah, we love that, but what about when we get together for this, for worship? That, that builds me up. When we were singing those songs a moment ago, I was up there. I could have changed some of the, the light bulbs while I was there, James, because I was already up in the ceiling. You feel that way when you worship God? I do. I just feel like I'm soaring. Or how about in Bible classes? Those Bible classes are designed specifically to aid us in our walk with the Lord or to prepare us in that walk or to have a right mind about what we're doing in the church. All those things have a purpose. They work together to build us up and to strengthen us in the faith. We ought to always take advantage of that. We have classes for young people and activities with the gardeners. We have activities with our youth through Jordan and Aaron and Brandon, who are deacons over that. We have lads to leaders that we will celebrate tonight that helps take our children out of their comfort zones and not just become productive in the church, but productive citizens, which will then give them the opportunity to exercise their faith some way down the road in a powerful way. I can't wait to see it. Can you? And as we get older, we get into college. Again, I would just, you know, tell you on Wednesday night, just kind of venture down there and see the excitement of over a hundred college people who have no affiliation, many of them with the church, but who are getting a a nourishing uh, feeling of the word of God. And then (laughs) there's a golden circle. Some of you get to 55 and say, I'm not old enough to get in that golden circle. Now, I ain't gonna do that. You know what the golden circle does? Yeah, we get in the bus, we go eat breakfast and lunch. Yeah, that's it. But we also get in that bus and we go down to Winona and work with World Missions. We get in that bus and we travel to Nashville to work with disaster relief. We get in that bus and we go down to Amory and help with disaster relief. We do the work of the church. We don't, Just let the years pass by. No, it's a golden circle. Circles are eternal. There are no end to them. Here are people who, even in older age, have determined it's not time to quit. In fact, now, maybe I have more time and opportunity than ever before. It is a mission that the Lord has given to encourage and build up one another, to strengthen one another in the faith. Let's see that we're about doing that. And then finally, our mission is to serve the suffering. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 11, interesting setting because Jesus has just been anointed with oil of alabaster, with this woman who's preparing him for his death. That's how he puts it for his disciples because they're indignant. They're like, what in the world? What's wrong with this woman? Spending this expensive oil, pouring it on your head. We could have sold that and, you know, uh, help the poor. Jesus said, whoa, wait, 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 whoa. Do not discount what this woman has done. Do not say that that was wasteful. She did this for my burial. She did this for my, my death. It was what was in our heart. Again, doesn't expensive, what's that to God? This oil expensive to God? No. What's in the heart is what matters. This woman has done something from her heart. What about you? Jesus says here in verse 11, don't you worry about those poor people? You will always have poor people. You you will always have the opportunity out of your heart to do what is right. Don't don't knock on this woman because she did something good. You'll always be able to take care of these people. I, I just want to draw that out for a minute. Jesus was right, wasn't he? We still have poor people around us. I never thought I'd see the day when I moved to Boonville that we would have homeless people in our community. Lots of homeless people. You say, well, they're homeless because they're either mentally ill or, you know, they, they've committed some kind of crime or, or they're a bunch of drug addicts. You know some homeless people? Some of those folks who are without homes are without homes out of no fault of their own. Some of them are just desperate. But circumstances of which they had no control. And now they find themselves with nothing. Now, James Hester and I, we were talking about a case the other day and we just kind of stopped and I asked him, I said, James, what would you do if you had nothing? And like a few weeks ago, you know, I'm all frustrated because it killed all of my plants. Wow, at least I have a home and property on which to have plants. What if you were living on the street during that week of single digits? What would you do? You know what we determined? We didn't know what we would do. I guess we would probably just depend on the kindness of others. Who? Who? What others? I'll tell you who. Us. You, me, us. That's because we have compassion on people who suffer. Two weeks out of every month, we open our doors to help some of those homeless people and people who have very little In our community we have a food pantry we give away on average a month about 130 boxes and each box is probably worth about $80 you do the math we also have a clothes closet and we have so many donations from helpful people that the other day we loaded up one of these buses up to the front door with the overrun We took that to another congregation in Huntsville in order to help them with their clothes distribution. And maybe you haven't even heard of this one, but every Tuesday over there in that annex, there are a group of ladies, primarily ladies, who get together to do what's called caring cooks. Now, there's usually about, I don't know, 30 boxed meals that are carried to folks. But you know who those folks are? People who've been sick, shut in, can't get out for themselves. Why would you take care of them? (laughs) Because I ask you, who else is going to? Who's going to see to their needs? I know who. Us. Yes? Isn't that what we do? Yeah, we're concerned about people's souls. We're concerned about our neighbors and our friends. We want to see them saved but it's not going to come just with a long stare out of a self-righteous nose. It's going to come with a hand of compassion that says, you know what? I'm telling you that I love you because you're lost, but I'm going to show you that I love you too. God is always glorified in the church. When the church is busy, doing its mission. And here's what Jesus has promised. Jesus has promised to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So here's what I like to do. You may think I am nuts. I like to think big. I like to put this statement from Ephesians three twenty and 21 to the test. Jesus, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Jesus, I ask this. Jesus, here's what I think about it. Do you think big too? Are you ready to demonstrate that? I'm going to give you a week to think about it. And then next week, in the midst of what will feel like a great opportunity to reach our community, we will have the energy level at a very high place. And in the midst of that, we will be able to give freely, to test Jesus. Will He equip us to do more mission work than we've ever done before? To tap these avenues and to think and dream big to go farther than we've ever gone before. Big question mark. But that's your question mark. How will you respond to it? Today, maybe it is you just, you've, not, you've not been on task. You've not been with a mission. Maybe today, as you begin this week of contemplation, today would be a great day to say, you know what? Let's just stop right here. I am recommitting myself. I am fired up about the Lord's mission. And all this week, I'm going to dream big. Maybe today's the day that we start that off with a big prayer on your behalf. Maybe today's the day that you start your walk with Jesus. You believe He's the Son of God, but until now you were fearful. Now you find out there's no reason to have fear in Jesus because He has overcome and defeated death. Today might be the day that you take advantage of the grace of God through obedience to the gospel. If there's anybody who needs to respond today, now's your opportunity. Why don't you come forward while we stand together and sing?
2: sing Living Hope.
6: forward to be a good or bad and just focus on our savior and, and some people might wonder well who is this jesus who are you remembering well, we know that and as, as ken said there are so many verses in the bible practically every page well in a way it's under who our, our lord and savior is uh, i just turned to a few verses in matthew 16 13 to, to 20. Now, when Jesus came in the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah. But still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades will not overpower. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound to heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed to heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come together at this time and we prepare to eat of this bread, when we eat of this bread, we we know it symbolizes the body of Jesus. Jesus came here, didn't have to. Jesus dealt with so much and he didn't have to. And he did so much for us and, again, he didn't have to. But he did, and he did it for eternity, for each of us to be able to share with him in eternity in heaven. Father, we love thee so much and are so thankful for your son, Jesus. Your son, Jesus, made so much, so many differences for all of us, the biggest differences that can be. Father, we love you and we love Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we prepare to drink of this fruit of the vine, we do so knowing Jesus' blood was shed in a horrible, cruel way, unthinkable way. We drink of this fruit of the vine as it represents that blood that was shed for everyone here, everyone around the world that ever has been is and ever will be father we will never forget this we remember this we love thee so and we're so thankful for your son that all he did that he did not have to in jesus name we pray amen
2: have 318 souls in worship this morning. Reminder, next Sunday is our fifth Sunday contribution. Uh, This will go towards missions. There is a wedding shower table in the foyer. This is for Lily Michael and Dylan Davis. I have a note, uh, sad to report the death of Johnny Bennett, formerly of Corinth, Mississippi. He passed away Friday in Oklahoma. A private family burial in Oklahoma will follow with the memorial service to be in Corinth at a later date. He is a former elder at the Foot Street Congregation and also a retired engineer with MDOT. Please remember his wife, Clara, and children in your prayers. As everyone knows tonight, we will have our lads to leader recognition night, so due to that, we will have no classes tonight. The Golden Circle will be going to the pit stop for breakfast tomorrow morning. The bus will leave at 8.30. And we will have a fellowship meal next Sunday uh, morning. We will try to set up for that Wednesday night after services in the annex. So if anyone wants to hang around and help set up with that, that would be greatly appreciated. And if you will bow your heads, we will close with a word of prayer. Most beautiful, loving, and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you allowed us to get up this morning and come hear a wonderful lesson from your word. And God, we just ask that you strengthen and fortify us as we go out into the world this week. God, you know that we are often filled with fear and doubt as we go out into the world. But God, your word tells us that you did not give us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. God, you know the world we face. You know the world our children face. You know at this time some of the most fundamental truths from the beginning of time are being challenged. Please give us the strength in our jobs, and our walks of life, to tell the truth to others. Please help us fight the fear that overcomes us at times. We love you so much, and we thank you for all the many blessings you've given us. Please forgive us of our sins and where we failed you. In Jesus' name, amen.